Good morning, and you're listening to the mother of all sports shows with myself, John Joe Doherty, and the Honourable Matthew Crean. And today, we're going to be discussing athletics development in the community. What are those clubs up to? And in relation to that development, the park run and its impact. How are you doing today, Matthew? I'm good, thanks, John Joe. Um, yeah, the, the weather's gone uh, downhill here. Uh, from the last couple uh, weeks. Tell and, me about uh, it. So we're struggling to get out in this in this uh, rain and things. It feels like it's back in winter training sort of period. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's discuss our uh, the running in the communities now. For me, I, I wanted to discuss this again because uh, back in episode one, uh, we touched on it very briefly uh, right at the end of the show. Because um, obviously, I know you've got your ties to uh, Patsy McGonagall over in in Ireland, and he'd been telling you about his structure of, of Finn Valley. Um, yeah, really, really like interesting. Going. Really interesting conversation with Patsy. And uh, 1971, if I'm correct, the club was the origin with, with Patsy himself. And um, some great successes, but they, those successes didn't just come from, from anywhere. The connections with the schools were pivotal. And um, 25 schools or more to this day, um, having... Uh, runners perhaps within the club who are maybe teachers in the school but they have connections with all these schools and that that ve- that vehicle that that channel if you like um and, and it, they're harnessing that and and in in past years a rural club out there in the sticks um, not expected to compete but having huge successes and it, it, it makes sense. And um, when I look at the local area here in St. Helens, which is a, a small um, town in between Liverpool and Manchester, um, for those who, who are unaware, I, I, I do wonder at that at local level what's going on. I really do wonder. I try and look at the positives. Um, and then we, we do look at this park run. But many would say in athletics clubs professionally at that elite level that it's taking away and it's interesting because I, I do like to listen I don't just want to say no no Parliament's an amazing thing but when listening to the, the, the reasonable arguments that the parkrun could potentially have a negative impact on the clubs and we'll discuss that further but for me I think looking at the parkrun the positives of it and, and the St. Helens one is hugely positive three four hundred people running to to athletes clubs need to be proactive instead of just knocking it I would say get involved make yourself known maybe wear your club vest and say listen to, uh, to the parents to the young people this is the club I belong to you've got potential why don't you come along and I think it's being proactive proactive rather than the negative sort of Poo-hoo, part runs no good. It's it's damaging our game. You know, I think roll with it. Roll with the, with the, the figures, the numbers of, of people getting involved, and 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 push it. That push push on in that. So does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, I um I totally agree. I mean, I see um there's a lot of clubs I know of that have actually grown out of Park Run. Um, so it didn't exist before Park Run in their communities, and then you know they've gone from being just a group of people who um met each other at Park Run, organised some runs outside of it, then have continued to grow and then obviously have brought themselves into you know, actually setting up a club and then going on to even registering um, with uh, England Athletics, as if they're, they're a, a licensed registered um, athletics club um, uh, or running club. Um, and you know, So those have really got involved, really benefited from uh, the Park Run concept. Um, but I think it's the, the, the more traditional clubs, so the clubs that both yourself and, 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 and I um, compete for, so, so St. Helens Sutton and Liverpool, um, the more traditional athletics club where they've got the facilities, where they've got the experienced coaches, to be fair, um, that maybe don't benefit as, as much. Um, I think maybe Liverpool maybe does. I don't, I don't know its workings and how it ties. So obviously, there's quite a few park runs around its base. Um, but obviously, it's maybe got a little bit more weight to it as a club. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, more recognised as a, as a club, um, as a bigger club and things like that. Mostly for the, the region um, of Liverpool, you know, it's the main, the main track club, the main club, um, in 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 both Liverpool and Merseyside. 
Um, Liverpool, Pembroke perhaps wouldn't agree with that. They're, well, they're, pretty, they're very strong, aren't they? They are, very they are. Strong, to be um, but then some would argue that they maybe sit um, on the border of the Merseyside and Lancashire border. Oh, course, so, yeah, course, you know, so, yeah. they, yeah. where, you, where you, you say they sit and, and the catchment area, I suppose, gives them, again, a, a bigger base because they mm. have that, that Lancashire side to it where a lot of the guys mm. um, sort of come from as well. Um, but then, obviously, a club like Sutton, um, you know, very historical, very, you know, a uh, lot of uh, history and tradition to the club. Um, but, yeah, never really engages in Park Run. There's quite a few members I know that sort of don't actually like the concept of Park Run or against the concept of Park Run. Can you can you out, outline those those reasons for for the for the listener? Um, well, I I mean obviously this is my interpretation of, of what I believe that they they don't like part run for, but I think um, I think there's one from from I know some of the the, the coaches of the, the kids the children um, don't like the idea of, of kids going doing the part run because they believe it's too far it's too much work for them um, and I mean I suppose if you look at UK athletics and England athletics guidelines yeah a five k is too far for an eight or nine year old you know that they, they shouldn't be doing that distance according to to those guidelines and, but and then that's interesting because in, in Lydia's book I'm sure I came across kids running at, at that age running at be him saying that they were capable of running 150 miles a week yeah well, well that's it you know they are and, and they're capable of yeah. and if you look um, well, at very slow paces you know yeah yeah you know, and at that age yeah um and if you look to the Kenyans and the Ethiopians um, and other uh, African nations and things like that, um, you know, the, the children will be running to school and back from a very early age, so they're getting in that running. Obviously, maybe the difference there is they might be running on, you know, compact dirt trails compared to what most of the kids in the UK um, will be running on, which is tarmac roads. So on growing, developing bones, it's a lot harder of a, a surface and, oh, and impacts touched, there. So we've touched on that topic, um, I think, in the last yeah, episode. Yeah, we did, we did. Which is very interesting, uh, and and yet we could be pounding the grass, but not going to school. Um, yeah, well, people don't, they don't seem to walk to school anymore. Although they do, they do, but you you know, um, that's that's another interesting discussion. Again, yeah, yeah, on, on society and, and behaviours and and people perhaps just not being active. Yeah, and it's it is it is it's a it's a it's a cultural thing, um, you know, very much obviously you know the. Um, you know, more cars available, the, the, the road services um, being sort of a, a higher quality and things like that to make it easier for travelling by a car. Um, you know, and you do, you've got people who, who maybe only live, you know, 400 metres away from the school, but they'll, they'll jump in the car and get dropped off and things like that rather than, than walk because it's, it's, it's just as easy to do go in the car. But at the same time, you know, in the past, you would have just walked there and, and that would have been exercise and got out and, and done that. Um, you know, and obviously we talk about the culture of, of running, and, and that's where that those ties to, you know, in in the UK that the school system and things like that, you know, in comparison to, um, how Patsy's got got Finn Valley set up with those ties into all those different ties schools are really in. really important. I look at Sutton and I think, my word, look at Sutton High. It overlooks the track. It's it's physically right there, and yet there doesn't seem to be any connection with the school. No, um, it's not a criticism. It's just um, a statement that, uh, that should, I, I think, should be corrected. Something should be should should move on that. You know. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, um, I was just going to say. Uh, to be fair, I went to a Merseyside Athletics uh, committee um, a couple of years ago, uh, mostly because they were talking about. I think it was going to be uh, someone were going to host the Merseyside cross country, and and they wanted a, a member there, um, and. So as, as chairman at the time, I went along, um, and the one of the points I, I raised at the end of it, because I was only there for the discussion of the, the cross-country, really, but something that I'd been thinking in my head was that tie to the schools and that tie to, you know, not only for Sutton, but for athletics in, athletic clubs in general, because, you know, the, there's so many talented youngsters out there um, that either get missed by the school system altogether, um, or, you know, because the sports in the UK is, is football or, or soccer, if you're out in, in, in the States listening to this, um, or, or rugby, um, they sort of either go into those two directions, um, which, you know, there's probably 1% of them will ever make anything in those two sports, um, or um, they sort of give up on sport altogether. And obviously on the women's side, 
you know, that's even less so because the women's sports um, are seen as, as less, they're not seen as, as valuable. Um, and so, you know, you, you women tend to um, avoid the sport as much unless someone picks them up and someone notices them and sees the talent and, and nurtures that within them. Um, and a lot of the time the schools will miss that sort of thing. And so I, I said at the committee meeting, I said, well, you know, why don't we go into the schools? Why don't we have a, a bit of a, a subcommittee of, of athletes that go in? And one of the things that we said, was, was said back to me was, oh, we've, we've tried that and, um, and it just didn't work. No one really engaged. And I sort of said, well, who did you send? Who, who went to the schools and who engaged these, these kids? And um, it was, you know... <laughs> It was it was athletes that had been good runners in in their day, but were now in the sort of late fifties and sixties, and you know to relate to a you know a a, a teenager, you know they want to be able to, you know they're going to want to be able to see someone who they could recognise um, and become sort of that sort of you know I want to be like them sort of thing. Uh, Looking at someone who's a sixty, you know, sixty year well, old. I, 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 I don't not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. You could, you, know? you could have both. You could have the sixty whatever. Um, don't write them off. No, no. You, you, no, you, you could ha also have the the working together. You know, I think, um, and and if it doesn't, if it fails once, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try again. You know, get in no. there again. It depends on the perhaps the headmaster of the time. It could, it could, or who indeed you speak to when you arrive. Do you make efforts to speak with the sports teachers? Um, but listen, I want to go back um, and hone in on this parkrun because there's something that we've we've missed. Um, and this is a criticism I've heard from athletes, and I'm talking about some serious athletes from yesteryear, and the criticism they've made of parkrun is that it's not free. Shock horror! That it's not free. Uh, and, and that came as, as a great shock to me, and it will do to many other people who have not heard this, this idea. And, it, and, and what's happening, or what is alleged to be happening, um, is that the money... Um, English Athletics, I believe, have put money into the parkrun. Is that correct? Yes. And, 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 and effectively stripped a budget which was already decimated um, for athletics clubs. They've taken money from one pot and supported a parkrun which they see as doing very well. Um, now... That ultimately, on the ground, that, that, that would mean that these athletics clubs have less investment. And then they're saying, well, hang on a minute, this parkrun is supposed to be free. Um, what's the money for? What's the money for, you know, if, if it is free? And um, by English athletics making that decision to, to take money um, from athletics clubs to support the parkrun, it, it's... It's not free, but it's still perceived by the general public and people who are involved as free. What, what do you make of that that idea? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, um, I suppose like a little bit of background on that is, um, if you don't know in the club system, um, to be a registered club, you have to each member has to pay uh, an affiliation fee to England Athletics. Um, that has gone up considerably over the last couple of years, and it's now at £15. Pounds. Um, I think it's actually meant to have gone up this year, but obviously with uh, COVID-19 and everything, there was a lot of postponement of paying it from clubs, and there was actually a lot of calls to boycott um, some of the payments and things like that. Uh, some of the areas, um, so the Northern Athletics, for example, has, because um, all funding was cut from, from the areas by England Athletics, so they have separated themselves out, and they also now charge... Um, an affiliation fee to Northern Athletics, but they are the ones that put put on um, all the competitions in the north. So um, whether it be the league matches on the track, uh, the Northern Cross Country Championships, uh, Northern Track Champs, things like that from all the different age groups. Um, so that that money that they pay and it's it's a two pound fee per athlete. Um, you know it goes towards putting on a, a host of events um, across the north, and obviously the other regions have their own things. I think the south is as as set itself up as its own um, and I can't remember whether the Midlands had chosen to vote uh, to do that yet or not um, but they're, they're quite entrenched into England Athletics as their base is in the same office as the England Athletics base um, at uh, Loughborough University so there's you know a little bit of um, thing going on there um, but that £15 fee um, which as I say I think was meant to go up to I think £16 this year um, is obviously eaten into one the club membership uh, that clubs charge themselves um, so that that's included in that so for example Sutton 
Um, it's uh, we have a it was a twenty pound membership uh, for quite a while, um, of which obviously fifteen pounds was going to England Athletics and five pounds was was what the, the club saw. Um, it was voted uh, a couple of years ago now. Um, to increase our club membership to £25 for, for an adult um, so that the club um, would take £10 and the England Athletics had the £15. Obviously, Northern Athletics then added its £2, so that took into you know, £8 for, for, for the club at that point. Um, you know, the, the, club, the fees to the club helped to pay for track facilities, helped to pay for um, team coaches and, and things like that when they go to events or anything, if, if those are needed uh, or... Um, subsidised coaching courses and stuff like that for the club um, but with that fee obviously now um, it sort of came out that uh, yeah England Athletics and Sport England um, obviously their numbers what they uh, are assessed on and things like from the government for their funding and everything is um, is on their impact uh, in, in communities their impact on getting people active getting people um, fit That that's sort of the meant to be they set up their sort of goals uh, UK Athletics deal with the performance side of things, their goals are medals at the Olympics, medals at the World Champs, England Athletics is meant to be the grassroots side, uh, they're meant to be you know impact of how many people are active, how many people are, are getting out and involved um, and a lot of what they've used is the statistics from Parkrun uh, the increased people getting out and taking part and being physically active now Parkrun in its initial you know, set up and everything that had no ties to England Athletics, and um, it wasn't part of the mission. You know, the clubs are the clubs are, are an ingrained part of England Athletics. Obviously, the affiliation fee to England Athletics, everything like that. Um, but yeah, the the parkrun wasn't. Um, but they chose to use those statistics because they do boost the numbers significantly. Um, you know, each parkrun there's I think there's well over. Uh, I think there's well over 600 different park runs uh, in the UK alone, um, which is obviously where the statistics would have to come from. But for England athletics, it would be just in the in England. Um, but obviously, those park runs, you know, on average, probably see around 200 to 250. We've got certain park runs that see well over a thousand runners a week. Um, St Helens uh, averages um, a good 300 to 400 a week um, nowadays, or when it was on at least before before COVID-19. Um, Actually, other park runs do see see less, and and uh, but they do grow and they grow within the community, and so that fifteen pound affiliation fee going to England Athletics, and then being sort of, um, you know, you know, given out a little bit to to park run to help boost um, its funds and things like that. Um, obviously, from a Sport England perspective and things like that, seems like obviously the right idea it's 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 growing the people being active it's growing the people getting out and enjoying themselves so of course it's a it's a it's a well worth sort of initiative in in that regard um but yeah from a club's perspective you've got athletes paying 15 pounds uh, every year to, to england athletics and then to see some of that money going to a, a park run which you know in some regards like we say um, our traditional clubs like sutton and, and possibly like liverpool and other other clubs where they've got that sort of maybe track facilities and are maybe seen as as as, as elite because of um because of that sort of uh, that those facilities and the, and the way they've trained and because they do have elite athletes um you know um sort of takes you into that into that place where actually they feel a little annoyed and a little irritated by the fact that they're not then getting any funds back from England Athletics. There's no funds going into stuff like the areas like Northern Athletics and things like that, who are the providers for the events in the in, in the north that those clubs are going to compete at. Um, and then there's no money sort of really coming back into the clubs either, um, but they're still paying the £15 sort of tariff. Um, and so that's where that sort of irritation and things like that really come from. And, you know, I, I totally agree and, and see you know and, and really ask the reason of why there is a 15 pound fee when when you think about it it is the north of, of england uh, no, northern england athletics um that is doing all the work for the north surely northern clubs should just pay to them and and shouldn't really pay any 15 pound tariff at all and you know the midlands and the south should should go the same way as well um, and just pay their areas um because you know the, the main event that england athletics put on is they put on the england champs but you know the number of people that will go to the England Champs, um, so that's the the inter-counties cross-country champs. That is the England Championships there in that regard um, for cross-country. Um, again, you you know that's nine 
or yeah, nine runners from your, your county get picked to go to that. So only nine runners ever from each each county are going to go uh, and compete in that event. Um, your track championships uh, you have to be invited to, um, or have run a, a you know quite a, a tough standard um, to qualify for that. Whereas stuff like your northern champs and things that are a little more open. Um, you know everyone can enter and everyone can take part and. So you know all those club runners, no matter whether they're the best in the club or you know the the sort of uh, right at the back of the pack in the club, they still get a chance to compete in those championships. And the fifteen pound fee is what pays for those races. But the fifteen pound fee, uh, sorry, the fifteen pound fee doesn't go to those races because that's or Northern Athletics. But the fifteen pound fee does go to the England Athletics Championships, and they don't get to participate in them. Take a breath, Matthew. <laughs> Take a breath. You can tell I'm passionate there. <laughs> Right, well, that was great. Was that, were, you, were you listening to that, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> did you keep up? <laughs> um, training this week, Matthew. How are you feeling? What, what have you been up to? Um, I, you know, I did that 144-mile week, and that's, you know, we're probably getting on to the third week since that now. And, um, what was all that about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we've discussed it before, and I don't want to bore, bore, every, bore everyone with it. Though uh, this must be the fourth week I've mentioned it, so <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting the mileage out of it anyway. Oh god! Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, since doing that, I, I've been quite sort of demotivated a little bit because it was my it was my goal. It was the the motivation there in my training plan to keep me going and and keep me focused. And having achieved it, um, I just feel a little flat. Just feel like, oh, which direction am I going? And I think I was I was telling you uh, on a run last week that I, I think. Having done 144 miles, I now want to go down to the short track stuff because um, the chances of there being some track races are maybe higher than there being some of the road races and things like that. Obviously, London Marathon is still on the cards. It's still there. They haven't uh, haven't cancelled it yet. Um, but New York, which is, was meant to be in November, has cancelled. So you sort of wonder, you know, really, is, is London really going to go ahead? Um, but, you know... I've sort of I've been doing miles and miles now all all winter ready for a marathon, um and obviously I'm thinking you know they're, they're possibly not going to go ahead and things like that and I'm I'm feeling a little frazzled in my head from from having trained all all that time and you know I think maybe dropping to some of the shorter stuff where there possibly is going to be some races because you you can easily control the number of people on this track and and spectators you can either have them or just completely you know uh, forget them sort of thing, um. And so the chances of some of those shorter distance track races uh, coming about is, is, is more on the cards, really. Um, but it's also a big change up in training. It would be a you know, drop down in mileage, maybe a work on more shorter quality sort of sessions and things like that. And just that little bit of a, I suppose, a reset on my own training from the marathon. Because, you know, before long, I am going to have to go back into marathon training. Uh, if my goal is, is London next year in April, um, you know, once we hit sort of, September really I'm gonna to have to start building the base miles again and then as we head into into the new year uh, really go into that sort of specific training plan um, or if I stick to with um, with Callum Hawkins and Der Derek Hawkins sort of training sort of uh, plan that I, I watched a, a video on uh, the other week that was done by Welsh Athletics um, um, it was a really interesting uh, insight into their training uh, which sort of followed a 22 to 27 week uh, program uh, over the plan that I did follow towards this year's London, which was a 13-week program, uh, which was which was Charlie Spedding's uh, training plan between uh, London, uh, which he won in. Uh, ooh, uh, I've got to think on the spot now. Uh, <laughs> um, 80, 84, um, to then uh, compete in LA uh, Olympics uh, that summer. Um, so there's 13 weeks between the two, and he went from winning London to taking bronze uh, in LA. Uh, where he wasn't uh, particularly a favourite in, in any regard. Um, and actually had a, a sprint finish in a marathon, which is the reason he'd moved to the marathon was to avoid with having John, to do sprint finish. With John, John Tracy, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and who won that race? Um, we forget the winners. We forget right? the winners, we forget the winners. They're not local, you see. No. <laughs> <laughs> but he was one of the favourites, the, the one who won it was, was one of the favourites to, to mm. win it, and he, he, he did do that. Los Angeles, 1984. I wasn't even born. No, neither was I. <laughs> For quite a, few, uh, quite a while after. Alistair Rutherford, Liverpool Harriet, kindly um, offered to borrow me a book 
on marathon running. Um, Bill, or Bill. Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers, the marathon manager. Marathon, the marathon, marathon man, yeah. Manager. Um, and you say you've read that book. Yeah, I've got it downstairs. Uh, what did you yeah. think of that particular read? I really enjoyed it. Bill Bill Rogers was um he's sort of seen as one of the, the grandfathers of the uh What year was that would that be? The um oh, uh, sort of seventies. So yeah, mm-hmm. round round Frank Shorter's era of marathon running. So you you had in America Why why are you calling him a grandfather? Um it's just just, just sort of the labels, him and Frank Shorter and stuff. Well, because they of, brought, yeah. brought it on so much. Yeah, they sort of, um, up until that point in, in marathon running, um, marathons had always been run, they were always seen as sort of slower paced runs. It was always just a you know an endurance event of just getting through the mm. run. Um, but the likes of, of Bill, uh, Frank Shorter, um, and a couple others uh, at the time. Um, where, 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 where are those guys? So they're from? all American. Um, and it, it was the, the the real marathon boom sort of came out out of America to be fair, um, in a similar era that you had uh, Lydiard coaching his his guys, but they were all doing a lot of the the, the more the mile and um, stuff, the shorter sort of track distances. Um, you had over in America, you had this this marathon running sort of boom, um, and it all sort of really started with um, the Munich Olympics and Frank Shorter. No, who, what year was that? Uh, so that's seventy two. 72, Munich. Munich. Wasn't there a disaster there? There was, yeah, there was the, the Munich terrorist attack. Um, obviously, it's an extremely tragic uh, event. Um, but 11, 11 athletes uh, and lost the life. Yeah, is yeah. that right? The, the Israeli team, yeah. 11, yeah. Yeah. Very um, sad. Well, it's very, very sad. And obviously, there's, there's quite a few films that document um, such events, just either can in you, small parts. Can or, you recommend any? Um, well, in my one of my running heroes is Steve Prefontaine, um, and he, there's two films about him, uh, and both of them cover um, that event because he, he competed at the seventy two Olympics, and and that event happened prior to his race, so it, it did have quite a, a substantial mental effect on on him oh, uh, going I into did, his yeah, race. I didn't, didn't realise um, he died in a car crash. He did. He did when, it. when was this? Um, after, the, after after the it was uh, I think about four years after oh, uh, Munich. Oh, um, so yeah, off maybe uh, seventy four it was. So it was only two two years after. Or 70, no, seventy five it was. So three years after. So he missed out um, on the chance to compete two, again. Yeah, in Montreal. Uh, he was. Uh, would he have been? Well, we don't know. We don't know. No, we don't know. He um, was up there at the time, though. Was he? He was. Yeah. Best, yeah. Um, one of the commentators said in 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 Munich when they were racing, um, because Pre took the lead with a mile to go, and they said, um, they said, I, I think Prefontaine will get an Olympic medal, um, but I think he'll have to wait four years to Montreal. To do it. Uh, um, when, when did he say that in the commentary? So this this was in the commentary of the the race of during the, the race during the race of Dur- the, well, uh, oh. the Munich Games. <laughs> and he was um, in the lead. Yeah, pre had taken oh. <laughs> the lead. Um, he's usually, he was usually a front runner, um, yeah. but his coach had advised him to sort of sit in till halfway and, and then take it. Uh, no, he wanted to, but he, he got boxed and he couldn't get out at all. And there was no gaps, and the pace had been really slow because mm. the guy they expected to take it on, uh, one of the Brits. Uh, Bedford, Dave Bedford actually. Oh, Dave Bedford. Um, yeah. He didn't. He, he'd run in the ten thousand meters earlier on, and in the week, and he was tired. And so his usual race plan of going to the front, which Pre was just going to sort of sit in till halfway and then make his move. Mm. Um, he didn't. He didn't go to the front, and the pace was just pedestrian. It was a really slow race. And and, um, and why not just stick with that pace? Um, Pre knew he didn't have a kick. He, he knew he, he wasn't. He knew right. there was guys in there right. um, that could rattle off, you know, ridiculously quick four hundred meters. Oh, and so Pre yeah, knew yeah, yeah, he yeah. needed to go uh, further from home, he, and he he did. That's what he did in the end. Mm. A mile a mile to go, he took the lead, um, and he ran the last mile in four oh one. You know, over five thousand yeah. meters, and this was the this was the final. So they already had heats as well. Um, earlier on in the week um, mm. and yeah he ran he ran a 401 final mile but um, he was he was beaten uh, he finished fourth in the end um, fourth out sprinted yeah. on the on the home straight by um, Ian Stewart of, of the UK right. of Great Britain right, yeah. um, and Lassie Viren uh, Finland was the, was the winner oh um, I've heard of this Lassie Viren yeah. Yeah. yeah in the power and glory I believe by uh, the, the, the book that was borrowed by Richard Burney oh yeah, yeah you got a, got a hold of that you come across Lassie Viren yeah Finland, they they've had quite some successes, haven't they? Um, in certain decades, for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Lassie, Lassie Viren was was a, a real sort of superstar. Really, he'd he'd already won um, the ten thousand meters at the Munich Olympics mm. uh, earlier on in the week, mm. and he'd fallen midway through the race mm. um, and That's got back up. 
caught everyone up and really? then went on to win and break the world record within the same race oh, even having, having fallen amazing um, and then obviously went on and won the 5000 as well and this was also um, this was before the disaster the the, the, the 10,000 metres was before yeah. the attack mm. uh, the 5000 was, was after it um, and there was a postponement um, during the games where uh, it was looked at whether they were going to cancel the Olympics or not because of that and in the end they decided to, to you, you told me a story about the actual disaster um, can we talk about that yeah um, why not? you told me about was it Steve ba- Barrowman the, the co- American yeah, coach yeah American coach and he didn't feel the security was tight enough and what well, go on tell me that story that's an interesting story people might like to hear that yeah so um, so when the, the Americans arrived at the uh, the, uh, the athletes village um in Munich. By the way, um, you, you're discussing something that people might, we're only briefly touching on it. They might not, may not even be aware of about the disaster. What happened? You know, the, what was the disaster first of all, and then talk about the story. You know, because people, no, okay, might, yeah, people yeah. might not. So yeah, so that so um, the, uh, 1950 Munich, to uh, 52. 72. 72. 72. Sorry, 72 Munich. Yeah, okay. Munich terrorist attack. Uh, so at the athletes' village. Um, it was uh, the Israeli compound where the, where the Israeli athletes and coaches uh, were, were staying um, at the Olympics was invaded by uh, some Palestinian uh, terrorists uh, who uh, took them hostage uh, in the rooms. Um, they were then moved to, um, or to, the, to, to free the hostages. They wanted a, a helicopter to take, the, to take them to um, an airport where they could then get on a plane, the, the, the terrorists that is, um, and get an, an escape. Um, and that's where they were going to free the, the hostages there at the airport. But they wanted something in return. Yeah, they, they wanted, wanted the, um, they wanted freeing um, of um, uh, other Palestinian uh, prisoners who were who were imprisoned in in Israel. Uh, and um, there was no chance that was going to happen. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know whether that, I don't think it was. No, um, no. But um, what occurred then was the the, the Germans uh, police and everything arranged. Um, a helicopter to take uh, the terrorists and, and the, the, the captives uh, to the airport, and then um, and but they set up um, a, a sort of uh, attack on the terrorists. They had snipers and things like that around mm. um, to try and uh, you know free them without letting them get away. Um, but it, it all went wrong when one of the uh, the terrorists uh, threw a grenade um, as they were um, started to be shot at by the German police. Uh, threw a grenade into the helicopter where the Israeli uh, hostages were um, and it, it, it killed all the, the, the Israeli athletes and, and uh, coaches that were that and, there. And basically on that airport everybody died yeah um, which airport was that That's a... um, I presume it would it'd be it one in, in Germany yeah. it would be, it'd be, I, I presume it would be a smaller one rather than the main mm. airport in, in, in Munich I would presume it would be a smaller yeah. dearie me what a disaster and um, sorry carry on sorry yeah. Yeah, so um, so that that was the, the disaster, and then obviously it was there was uh, a pause in the games itself. Um, as obviously there was time to mourn and things like that. When you say pause, how long was this pause? Um, I think it was two days. I think. Really? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So there's two yeah. days extended of the of the games, um, which you know one of the things that, that um, one of Prefontaine's coaches got him fired back up for was because Pre was feeling very distraught from the whole event and couldn't see the point in it in in continuing and, and doing it. Um, was was that he said? Well, look, you know these the ten thousand meter guys who've already raced who are going to race your five thousand, and they they're not thinking, oh, you know what a terrible event and stuff like that. I mean, they probably were, but this was how his coach worded it. Was um, he said they're just thinking, great, I've got an extra two days of recovery before the five thousand. Ah, so that that may have played it. Um, um, putting the, this the tragic incident to one side. They now have two days extra to recover. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, although Steve hasn't raced in the ten thousand. No, he didn't race in but that. Then he does have an ordinarily he would have an advantage over yeah, those over those guys, uh, yeah. which he, he perhaps didn't have as much. Yeah, but it was it was it was coaches. Well, by the way, go, um, you, you didn't mention which I thought was interesting that the the coach Bauman. Bauman so go and, and tell me about this Bauman because he's yeah. quite a figure as well, isn't he? And he is. He is. And uh, uh, relation to that story, yeah, if you can. So I mean, uh, Bauman uh, was the head coach of the University of Oregon. Um, he was also then uh, the, the head coach of the U.S. Olympic team. Sorry, Oregon. Uh, I ask a lot of questions. What state is that? Oregon. That's Oregon. Oh, it's, it is a state, sorry. <laughs> it's its own state. Uh, just question. next to uh, California. I was going to say, uh, near Washington. California, yeah. Uh, and below yeah. Washington, uh, Washington 
Washington. State, not not DC. Oh, that's yeah, not a state. Yeah. That's part of the. Uh, we get confused, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, such a big place. But uh, yeah, Washington's sort of at the top. Uh, just before you you border to Canada. Mm. Um, obviously you've got uh, down the uh, west coast, California there, and then Oregon is is just in in from uh, from California. Um, but yeah, he was the head coach at the University of Oregon, and then for that year he was the head coach of uh, the U.S. Olympic team. Um, and so he was quite a character. Um, he'd been a, a soldier in World War Two, um, and led um, a, pl- a platoon, um, a ski pl- platoon in the mountains. Um, I think it was the Italian mountains, but don't uh, don't quote me on that one. Um, and uh, been uh, involved in sort of a, a surrender actually of uh, one of the German, um, one of the German camps out there that had taken um, a pass in the mountains, and his his team were meant to uh, go in and and um, Take, take that pass back because it allowed travel uh, for the, the ally. Um, he was obviously teams. a very, very good skier then. He was, yeah. he was a skier. Um, but he was a good runner. He was, he was I think... Um, there's a German name. There's a German origin. Black Bauman. No, uh, Prefontaine. Was, his mother was uh, was of German oh, origin, sorry, of Prefontaine. Yeah. But well, Bauman, ba- Bauman's name, no. No, no. no, um, no. His, his book um, is the, the Men of Oregon, um, and very much the start of it talks about the whole frontierism of America, uh, moving his family, going back uh, a couple of generations, moved across from the east uh, over um, and expanded um, as they sort of explored uh, on like the carriageways and things that expanded into into and got to Oregon, um, and they were quite sort of significant politicians and things like that then as they set up um, sort of the the, the towns and, and cities of things. And you were talking like you know the Wild West uh, so as you identify America back then. Going back to the story, of yes. the tragedy of seventy two Munich disaster, uh, and and what happened there, and 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 this Bauman figure, the coach of America. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he was the U.S. Olympic coach. Um, on the team was um, in, in the swimming team was Mark Spitz, who went on to win um, quite a few gold medals at those Munich Olympics. Um, but he was a Jewish athlete, athlete, um, and there had been threats in the lead up to the games um, on on sort of uh, Jewish athletes and things like that. So as Bauman came into the um, the American um, uh, rooms and stuff like that, where the American athletes were staying at the Olympic at the athletes' village. Um, he noticed there was no security or anything like that on, on the doors or on the elevators or anything, uh, and he asked, um, and they, they, the, um, the, the German, the German author- author- yeah. authorities there at the village sort of said, oh no, we didn't think it was it's, it's required, so there isn't anything, um, to which Bauman then um, turned to some of his other coaches and sort of said, get in touch with the US Embassy and get some US Marines here, um, of which they sort of said, well, won't that you know, upset the Germans and things like that, um, and Bauman's reply was, it's easier to uh, beg for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Um, so he, he, you know, he put that security there outside the American room. That's an interesting so, quote. It's easier to beg for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. That's an interesting mm. quote. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Skullduggery, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> to, to, to do that in, in but in this situation, um, he had good reasons to. And he was he was he was right because that was before what happened. Yeah. Um, mm, sorry, you can't continue. Um, or is that the story? That's the story. That's, that's, the, the, that's <laughs> the story. <yeah. laughs> well, I didn't realise that Spitz. You mentioned Spitz because all you write little bits and more more information on that story. Um, the swimmer who he was Jewish, but he decided to 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 compete for America. Is that right? Or, no, he, he was, was he was he was American. Sorry, he was American. Yeah, American Jew, and. Um, but it was it had been targeted. I didn't realise that. Um, interesting story and tragedy. Have there been many other tra- tragedies of that sort in in Olympics? You know, like on that scale, or is that the only one? I think that's the the, the main one there. Um, Are there any every, every Olympics tends to be seen as there's some sort of event or issue that occurs before an Olympics. Mm. Um, not necessarily on that sort of that scale itself. Mm. Um, but if you go back to say uh, 2016 in Rio and uh, we had the Zika outbreak the virus there um, that was massively Z- Z- Zika Zika oh I don't yeah. know I didn't hear about that yeah it was it was transmitted by uh, mosquitoes and things like that yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was really big um, in um, South America and uh, you know affecting Brazil and, and, and Rio um, and so there was big concerns uh, some athletes actually pulled out and they, they pulled out of going to the Olympics because of the outbreak and um, 
uh, but it actually turned out when when the athletes got there, it, it, because of where they were um, in the country and things like that, it, it wasn't a big issue um, at the time. But but there was a big concern over it. Um, we go back two thousand and eight um, in in Beijing. Um, there was a big concern over the workforce building the, the the stadium itself, whether people were being forced to by the state and things like that, um, to get it done. Uh, there was quite a controversial moment actually at the Olympics itself where they had a, a little girl who was a, a singer um, and she was this really cute little you know little sort of 10 year old or so um, to sing uh, sing the I think it's the national anthem or sing the, the song and um, it was you know really well done and everything it actually turned out though that um, that the that it wasn't her that was singing, she was lip syncing oh. for, for, an, for an, <laughs> another little girl that was hidden away but wasn't as pretty or as, as, oh, as nice. Oh my so, word, that's so they'd shocking, sort of, uh, shocking. Hidden her away to do that, so it was it was quite controversial when that when that mm. news came out. Um, but yeah, you, you go back, I mean, London itself had uh, plenty of controversy, mostly due to the fact that everyone thought it was going to be a rubbish a rubbish game, so they didn't think uh, the UK would be able to host um, a good a good games or anything uh, and like did, that. And did they? Um, at the time, it was it was heralded as as, as a fantastic game. Um, across the world or just in this country? No, across the world. Yeah, okay. um, it was seen as you know it was meant to be the clean games. Um, you know which, in hindsight, it, when you, you know, say clean, so do- anti doping. It was meant to be very you know really strict. There was lots of rigorous testing going on, everything like that. Mm. Um, and it was yeah, there was actually at the games itself, not many people tested positive. It was meant to be oh you know wonderful clean games. Mm. Um, Hindsight to that, there's um, a lot of the races now have, have had dopers. I think it was the women's 1500 oh. or the women's 800 meters. I think out of the 10 or so athletes that did it, I think only three of them haven't tested positive for something. Because, of course, you can freeze the sample of yeah. blood. Blood sample, yeah? Yeah, so they take a, they, or a urine sample. They, um, they, so they, they take, freeze, what do they do? They freeze both. Yeah, they freeze them. So they take, they usually and they take can an keep A B test. Eight years. Yeah. Why eight years? Why not a hundred years? Um, well, um, as the the samples degrade over time, um, right, okay. so as it degrades, if it degrades so much, it becomes a, an issue with obviously, you know, is it a true positive? You know, if it mm. tests positive, is it a true positive or is it a false positive? Mm. Um, but also as well, um, the sort of. Um, holding the, the data sort of security of things you can only hold data um, not just in, in in this regard but in, in other regards you can only hold data for so long um, well, actually, this, this is, a, this a, is a really in, in, because doc, you know the people who are involved in this I think disgusting really to, to, to want to cheat in edit um, but they're obviously the athletes are not on their own that they've got coaches medics all these people are, are aware because they're supporting what's you know cheating in sport and doping and whatnot. Surely they must be aware that they, they're not understanding that this is going to this test is going to be kept for eight years and within eight years as things progress the, there's a, a strong possibility it may be caught out. Does that not concern them? Because this is what's happening is it's happening time and time again looking back and finding out that this person cheated, I mean, does that not even come into their thinking? Or I mean, it must do, but maybe for the athlete, maybe the athlete, I don't know, but the doctor and the medic, they must have the foresight to think, well, you know, we're involved in this now, and we might get away with it today, but in eight years' time, looking over my shoulder for eight years, I mean, I just, I, just the mind sort of, yeah, well, you've I, had, I just, you've had, yeah. um, you had things like the, um, I think it was the Balco, uh, I could be wrong on the on the term there, um, but it was a big, uh, it, was, it was meant to be a drugs testing um, centre in America, mm. um, and quite, they, they were seen to be manipulating the tests mm. uh, for quite a few different athletes and things like that, so the big controversy there was, um, oh, her name's completely escaped me now, um, it was Marilyn, um, Something, but Marilyn name, Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her name's completely just got out of my head, just as, as I went to say. But um, she was, she was, you know, top American sprinter, um, and then she was. Uh, in, oh, I in do. This re- big, I remember big, her. Yes, big, I do actually, because I, you know, I just, I do actually remember her. It was, it was big in the news. Yeah. It was, you know, not just athletics wise, but she was like sort of a beauty queen, wasn't she? Um, well, maybe not, but she was seen as this yes. idol, American idol, um, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, 
and she was found out was she years later or during the, the Dur- during while she was still competing to be fair um, and it was a big controversial thing at the time because this 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 camp uh, this testing center was was involved in it all and it became um, this huge scandal that they'd been manipulating uh, various athletes tests and things like that and, and making sure they were you know came through as clean when actually there, there, there should have been a positive test result there so this um, center designed by funded by government i don't know to, to to rid the sport of drugs was actually supporting certain athletes getting past the test yeah, yeah yeah oh, that's, that's shocking isn't it absolutely shocking and yet the russians seem to get i don't know generally on the news this the russians are always you know the east to gen- but do you, do you see the rush i don't know should, should i think we, it, should i think it's i think no i think i think yeah i think yeah. we should um i think it's even across the board i think i think obviously we live in a in a western the western sort of side of things and we very much get our our news is propaganda the u.s propaganda in a way um you know that we we hear and we and we sort of um is, is where we get our information from mm. um in comparison to the to the russian sort of news and stuff like that where they, I mean, they're probably just as equally biased, but obviously in the in the opposite side, saying that America's are the, mm. the cheats and stuff like that. Um, how, well, let's positively, you know, how do you get to a state where people are not not going to, oh, say, be much much less likely um, wanting to cheat? Um, how how do you you know? Because at the moment it seems to be across the board they just want to do whatever it takes to, to get you know. Yeah, I mean there's 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 more and more coming out every time. I mean re- recently mm. Christian Coleman um, who um, got out of a, a ban last year before the World Championships um, on a technicality um, he'd missed three um, tests. There's such a thing um, you may not have a whereabouts. Um, it was a whereabouts failure. Uh, so basically you have to give your whereabouts uh, over a set period of time to anti-doping if you're at that sort of level of, of, of competition um, so that they can call in um, and do a, a, you know a, a oh. random a random oh, test yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but you have to give your where you're going to be and mm. you get three failures at that um, because you know obviously sometimes something comes up and you can't be where you've said you're going to be yeah, and things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. but he missed all three um, and so he should have um, had a, uh, the, I think it's usually a twelve-month ban for missing all three. Really? Yeah. Um, but yeah. he got off on a technicality on that. Went on to win the world championships, um, but he's then again this year uh, again missed three whereabouts tests, mm. um, and so you know he's again trying to get off on a technicality because he doesn't want to miss next year's Olympics. Um, but um, there's very much the, the athletics uh, governing body and, and Seb Co, who's who's in charge of the of world athletics as it's now called, uh, used to be the IWF, um, has said um, um, he, he, there's no way out of this one um, for him. But we'll we'll see as the, as that story unfolds. Um, but you know, um, yeah, you you've got these testing um, and the way you know a lot of the things for me. I mean, you could say to reduce the people you know wanting to dope and 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 then. I suppose the feeling of need to dope from some people, um, you could remove the money aspect, but then there was always cheats before there was the money aspect. I tell you to what, it. you could also you remove. Know. You could remove nationality. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it's just an idea, really. But um, if if there was no sort of clamour for gold medals from America or Russia or China, because every per individual sort of represented, let's say, their home. I don't know. Is it? No, I, I get what you're saying. You know, I, that I, kind I, of idea. Yeah. I mean, that's. Well, that's I, don't, where, I don't see that happening, but. No, no. Know, but, but I mean, it, that's where. Would, um, would that be. Is that where the. What I'm trying to locate is. Is that the reason there's so much cheating going on? It's because countries want to appear powerful because they're at the top of the medals board. Is that what's. That's what's funding this. this in certain this places, sub- yeah. Um, I agree that there's, mm. there's definitely the this, this state sponsorship. So the biggest scandal in, in Russia and why Russia is. Banned, currently, currently banned yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from athletics. The, the other sports didn't ban them uh, from competing at the Olympics, but from athletics, um, the, the, the IWF, the World, World Athletics, um, said no no Russian athletes can compete until this is um, sorted out and, 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 and you know, done. Um, so, and what is this? At the so it was, it was a systematic, it was, it was a funded, um, there's, a, there's a good documentary actually called um, Icarus, um, which is on uh, Netflix, um, which is worth worth watching, um, which is all about this sort of um, this scandal. Uh, it actually 
the guy who's doing the documentary is technically involved in the scandal itself, um, because uh, because he saw it. Um, he wanted to find himself test. He wanted to see if he followed the same plan as Lance Armstrong. Uh, could he get better at cycling and things like that to, mm. to such a level? And could he go undercover just the same as Lance Armstrong and not test positive? Uh, and he got in touch with this this Russian um, medical officer um, who was actually in charge of the anti-doping in Russia. Uh, and he, he talked him through the process of how to do it and things like that. Um, and during the, him filming this documentary, what actually occurred was a raid on the anti-doping um, centre in Russia that this doctor worked at. And it was found that it had been a systematic from direct from uh, the government, uh, from Putin himself, down through the sports minister Surely and things not. like Surely that. Surely not. Surely <laughs> not. The Honourable Putin. Surely <laughs> not. Best not uh, go near any radiation soon, uh, John Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that, that it was that it was systematic in in, in the in, in Russia through this, and that's why they got that sort of ban for their athletics, uh, for their athletes, um, and obviously, but there's not just Russia. There's seen as you know, possibly other areas. Um, I think in America, where it's come out in America, it's been more of an individual basis or a squad basis, like a group, rather than um, a systematic thing across the whole uh, country. And to be fair, that fits in a little bit more with the American culture and things like that as well. It's very individual sort of idea and things like that. So, you know, stuff like the Oregon Project, um, as was discussed in an earlier show, Salazar has been found guilty now of testing um, none of his athletes yet have been found guilty of, of any doping violations but himself um, as testing on on him and um, the other coach and his own children um, of, of, of testing sort of drugs and things like that to improve performance um, so yeah that you know it is sort of systematic and it's try and reduce that you know there's various things you know lifetime ban on from any sport lifetime ban from the Olympics um, you know, removing the, the sort of monetary value, um, you know, the, uh, uh, prize money and things like that. But, you know, at the same time, when you look at it, there's there's always going to be someone who wants to win just for their own personal gain and cooperation, essentially go co- to... Cooperation between, you know, these global powers um, with a, an idea to, to, to cut it out. Um, but... Then but then it's, it's global that, powers. That? Well, it's global powers on a scene yeah. getting together anyway. They they don't over um, just normal, you know, trade deals and, and things like that. So to then mm. get it in, involved in sport, which they probably see as maybe, you know, um, beneath the sort of real importance of of, of stuff. Um, mm. You know, they don't think. But depressing stuff. It is. We like to end on a on a sour note. So uh, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. You've been listening to the mother of all sports shows. It's John Joe Doherty here. And Matt Crean. And we'll see you next time for the latest. Two men on the run.